Are you ready to change the trajectory of your business and see massive improvements? Each week, we'll share strategies and practices to generate sustained results and long-lasting success in your organization. Welcome to the Innovation Junkies Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Innovation Junkies Podcast. I'm Jeff Standridge. Hey, and this is Jeff Amarai. It's great to be back. Hey, it's good to have you back, man. You've been uh, you've been out gallivanting. I, I have, and you know, I'd heard that you upgraded with a guy that had much uh, more promotable hair than what I got. Oh, listen, listen, it was a great upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, although I did make a, I did make a little bit of a of an error in judgment. I, I referenced him being in the twilight of his career, and uh, I think he interpreted that as the twilight of his life. Um, so I uh, had to had to make good on that. So, uh, hey, we're. Um, we're, we, so we had some great conversations with Glenn Crockett talking about leadership, and we're going to continue those conversations about leadership for the next few episodes. I know you've got a lot of value to add there, and and thought I thought we would start today uh, by talking about you know I, there was a period of time where I, in this organization that I worked in where we 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 used to talk very positively about leadership. And we would talk almost as the antithesis of leadership and kind of talk negatively about management. Uh, you know, say, oh, you want to be a good leader, not a good manager. And, and I, you know, I really kind of believe that it requires both and, right? Uh, leadership being about how you deal with people. And, and, and I actually kind of created this, this, this uh, phrase that I use is that you lead people and you manage things, but you got to be able to do both well. How, how do you feel about that? No, you know, I agree. I agree. I mean, and, and there has been over the course of the last 40 years of my career, this very strong bias towards almost denigrating management skills and saying it's really important to be a leader. And I believe that that's true. If you're going to be out in front of an organization, you do have to be a good leader. But attention to detail and making sure that tasks are getting done and, and just good uh, management practices are what keep the train on the tracks and keeps the organization out of the ditch a lot of times. And I think the two are not mutually exclusive. I think they're, they're two sides of the same coin. Sometimes you'll have difficulty finding people that can lead well, that are also decent managers. And if you know that about yourself as a leader, it's good to recognize that and make sure that you've got task oriented management oriented people in that next echelon of, of the, you know, the, the organization. Yeah. You might be a good manager, but might lack the leadership skills to really be responsible for a large group of people. But I'm not sure that the, I'm not sure that the converse is true. Uh, you know, if you're a great leader, then you, you almost have to have a, a modicum of, of, of quality management skills, even though if they are, if, if you're a little weak in them, you got to have some, you got to have a threshold, but if you're weak in them, you surround yourself with people who can, who can shore that up for you. Well, and to tell you the truth, we've seen lots of examples as you look at the the uh, sort of the life cycle of business to where a good entrepreneur, good leader will get something to a certain point and they don't really care a lot or don't really engage a lot in good management practice. And that's ends up being ripe for a turnaround because they haven't paid attention to the details or they haven't set the the, the stage to have people that are good at details that work for them. So, yeah, both, both are important. There's no question about it. You know, when I was in my academic career, uh, as you know, I continue to be a recovering academic. Um, but uh, when I was in my academic career, that really fascinated me that, you know, in the in the healthcare field, we would take the the most technically astute practitioners 
and they would automatically get promoted into shift supervisor, department director, hospital administrator, whatever, get promoted into leadership positions. And my experience was many times the most technically competent or most technically proficient person on the team wasn't necessarily the best leader of people. Uh, and so I, I actually studied that academically and for, for a number of years. And, and when, when people, at, you know, and, and we studied, you know, successful people in the healthcare world uh, and, and we, we looked at what was it that differentiated them. It wasn't about their degree. It wasn't about their technical proficiency. It wasn't about their, their uh, uh, professional credentials. There were, there was this concept of threshold skills. You had to be able to have a basis of capability to even be in the profession. But just because you had those thresholds didn't necessarily mean you were going to be highly successful. And so the way I've boiled down what I found in that research is that real success, leadership success, and even individual success depends upon this balance of results and relationships. You know, if I focus on results at the expense of relationships, I'm, I'm going to be wildly successful very, very quickly until I alienate everyone around me who's responsible for helping me maintain those results. By the it's same short, token, short if, term, right? It's very yeah, short exactly. term. Mm -hmm. Exactly. If I focus on results at the expense of relationships, uh, I'm sorry, re relationships at the expense of results, the opposite side of the spectrum, then people will love me. They will, they will think very, very highly of me. That is until they lose respect for me because I can't do what I say I'm going to do when I say I'm going to do it. I can't deliver yeah. the results. I can't make good on my promises. And, you know, Stephen Covey Jr., I think it was Stephen M. R. Covey Jr., um, he's the one that the, uh, that the senior Stephen Covey wrote about in The Seven Habits when he talked about uh, teaching him about making the yard green and clean or clean and green, if you remember that. Well, he, he came along a few years later and wrote The Speed of Trust. And he talked about that same concept of results and relationships, but he called it character and competence, which I think is the same thing. You have to have this balance of character and competence uh, in order to be a sustainable leader and, and a leader that generates sustained results. Now, I think it's it's very important. And, and you'll, you'll see people tend to be somewhere on that scale naturally or innately or by personality or by experience. And if they can be self-aware enough, maybe through a process that a group like us can take them through or others, if they can become self-aware that they need to pick up those other skills, that's where they can really unlock the power of the organization and can really perform well as a leader. There's examples that, that have come up just recently where there are people that are well experienced who will say things like, Oh, I think I was successful in that situation because I made two staff members cry and they finally understood what I was trying to get done. That's not typically going to lead to good long-term results. And so, and so there, there are instances like that where people have to be willing to be self-aware enough to understand that there is this balance between character and competence, between results and, you know, the getting the tasks done and, and, and also managing the relationships. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And, and it's, it's real interesting. A, a little bit of vulnerability goes a long way as a leader. Having the strength as a leader to, to bring in a third party, for instance, to, to assess, you know, what's the perspective that people have about me as the CEO or as the senior leader of the organization? You know, we, I know we do a verbal 360 a lot where we'll line up, you know, a half a dozen to 10 
colleagues. They can be direct reports. It should be a balance. If you're a CEO, it should be a balance of people who report to you, people who are colleagues to you. And if, if you're the CEO, then, then that may be a little bit difficult. So what do you do? You go get some board members, right? Uh, but if you're looking at a, at a, at a C-level executive, say a CFO, CIO, CSO, or what have you, you know, you want the, the, the people to whom you report, you want the people that are on the team with you, kind of your peers and colleagues, and you want a few people that report to you. It's kind of this 360 uh, level review and opening yourself up to that and being willing to receive that feedback and to create an environment where people can feel comfortable giving you that feedback. That's a real hallmark of someone who's reached that degree of leadership maturity. You know, they say that if, if you think you're leading and you look behind you and no one is following, then perhaps you're just out for taking a walk, right? Um, and, and so you got to be willing to, to, to ask the question, are people following me? And are they following me willingly or are they following me because of the perceived repercussions if they don't? And if it's the latter, you got a sustainability issue with, with, with our leadership, right? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, it's, these are, these are kind of fundamental uh, points in terms of establishing, and it's all, if we've talked about it before, but building a winning culture starts with leadership. And if you're going to build a winning culture, this knowing yourself and being able to manage the, this balance between results and relationships, I think is a key starting point. Yeah. And being able to balance it. So, so that doesn't mean that it's always in balance, right? You take, talk think about a guy walking a tightrope, uh, he or she kind of loses their balance occasionally and, and, but, and they have to self-correct in order to keep from falling off that rope. Um, and so having that self-awareness that you mentioned to be able to say, you know what, and having people who will give you feedback, uh, you know, to say, hey, I, I think you broke a little glass on this deal and you might want to circle the wagons with a few people. Um, I had a leader that just I'm so thankful for her because she would just stick the mirror up in front of me, kind of figuratively speaking and say, you know, take a look in the mirror. Do you like what you see? And what, what she would do that as after a situation maybe that happened in the boardroom or, or, or in a senior team meeting or something, I might have acted out a little bit. Maybe I'm not going to say that I did, but I may or may not have acted out a little bit. And, and she would say, hey, let's talk about what happened in the meeting. Uh, you know, um, how, how did you feel about that? She wouldn't accuse me. She wouldn't, you know, beat me up about the brows about it. She said, how did you feel about that? Uh, do you feel like that you could have handled that any differently than you than you did? Uh, so what do you think the outcome of that was? How do you think Sally felt about what you said here? Well, is there anything you think you probably need to do to to clean that up? You know, and and you, you go through that you know, three or four or a dozen times early in your career with a senior leader who's really good at at mentoring and what have you, it'll, it'll change your perspective about being vulnerable. And so to be able to prevent those kinds of conversations with my leader, that really made me say, you know, why don't I be a little more careful and why don't I watch and try to maintain that balance better? And why don't I proactively seek feedback from people that work for me, that work with me or what have you to, to help keep me honed, so to speak? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it does require, I think a lot of people that are type A personalities that are successful, they, they may tend to bias initially or early in their career towards a degree of being self-absorbed, a little bit self-absorbed. I mean, they, they assume they're, they're smart, they've been successful, they've got the right ideas, and they're going to try to drive those sometimes into every situation. And you realize over time, 
you got to really be aware that you can't accomplish a whole lot by yourself. And so if you, if you can figure out how to be a little better, a little more diplomatic, doesn't mean that you're not direct. The results that you're going to get are going to be better. And so much of it is about building the right kind of relationships that allow the organization to be successful while never losing sight of the, the task or the results that you're trying to achieve. And the two things are not mutually exclusive. That's, that's right. And, 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 and there's in, we're in no way suggesting that you're, that you're not going to have to have difficult conversations with people, right? Uh, leaders will, will have those difficult conversations. Uh, they will do them respectfully. They may do them very directly, uh, but they will do them respectfully uh, and do them in a way that, you know, I always say my rule of thumb, and I think Glenn and I maybe even talked about this a couple of episodes ago. My rule of thumb is when I have to have one of those difficult conversations, I want to leave them thinking more about their behavior than my behavior. Right. And if I can do that, then then I've probably been much closer to, to having a successful act, outcome for that conversation. Jeff, recap yeah. for us. What are, the, what are the high points that people need to remember? Yeah, so we're talking about results and relationships here. We're talking about this balance of getting things done and making sure that th things get done, the right things get done in the right way, but balancing that with the people aspect of leading people and maintaining relationships and creating a culture where people feel valued, uh, uh, invested into, and treated respectfully and, and, and what have you. So it's this, it's this concept of results and relationships that we like to talk about and the, the balance that all of us as, as leaders need to have. Uh, it's this concept of competence and character or character and competence that Stephen M. R. Covey talked about. Uh, it's this concept of leadership versus management that, you know, over the last 30 or 40 years, uh, uh, theorists would guide us toward the leadership and denigrate management. We're, but we're saying here that all of those, both of those results, relationships, character, competence, leadership, management, that both of those are required in equitable quantities and qualities in order for someone to be a, an effective, sustainable leader. That fair? Yeah, good stuff, Jeff. Very good. All right. Well, this has been another episode of the Innovation Junkies podcast. Thank you for joining. We'll see you soon. See you next time. Feedback from listeners like you helps us create outstanding content. So if you like this episode, be sure to rate us or leave a review. Also, don't forget to subscribe to get the latest growth and innovation strategies. Thanks for tuning in to the Innovation Junkies podcast.